Hello, I'm Alec Wilkinson. This is Sailing Uncovered and our special London Boat Show preview. We'll be speaking to ocean rower Gwyn Batten, who broke all sorts of records as part of an extraordinary crew of five women who rode across the Atlantic recently. Uh, also coming up on the show, some great stories from behind the scenes at Radio 4's shipping forecast and... And this is what you're really tuning in for, a chance to win free stuff. Yes, we're giving away tickets to the London Boat Show in January, so stay tuned for that. Actually, it's not me that's giving them away, it's the man sitting beside me, Mike Enser, who's uh, one of the organisers of the Boat Show. Hi there, good afternoon. It's going to be big again this year. It's going to be big again this year, quite right. The size of six full-size football pitches, it's enormous. And um, what can we expect? Who's going to be there? Well, uh, we are really excited. Year after year, we have many, many uh, sailing brands and powerboat brands doing launches. So Beneteau, Geno, uh, Key Yachting with their J-boats. And of course, the powerboats as well. The Sunseekers, the Princesses and the Fairlines. I should say Fairline are back at the London Boat Show after a, a bit of a hiatus uh, with some trouble down at the factory. But they are back. They've got some new models. Um, and it's those launches and those innovations that drive the boat show forward. They are fantastic. And some of those are big boats. They are gin palaces and you can turn up and you don't have to buy one. You can go and have a look around and feel like a, a multi-millionaire for the day. And it's the joy of it, although I'd never refer to them as gin palaces personally. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, it's all about the aspiration in a lot of cases uh, and also the experience walking onto the uh, the top deck uh, of a large Sunseeker, for example, or a princess. You can imagine what it could be like to own one. And in this day and age when there are so many lotteries and chances to, to win money, uh, people do turn up with a big cheque and say, I'll have that one, please. Uh, and then away they go, and we have another person in the country boating. And that's the joy of the boat show. There are the large stuff there, right the way through down to canoes and kayaks. Um, and, and that's often just as much fun because you have got you can you can go there and look at the price tag and you know for a few hundred quid you can come away with a sailing boat a rowing boat or as you say a canoe it's true um so canoe 300 pounds perhaps credit card money ostensibly but importantly uh, if you are coming to buy a canoe or kayak then you can try it out before you make the purchase because we've got a huge pool down there. The water sports uh, lake um, enables you to try your canoe out, try your kayak out as well. Uh, and some of them have electronics bolted to them and you can test the electronics out whilst you're on the water. Uh, we provide all the kits. All you have to do is turn up and it's a free opportunity. And I, I love some of the inventions that are there. You sort of turn up and you see a boat and then next to it is the same boat folded up and you can get it into the boot of your car and you think, oh, how does that work? Who came up with that idea? So some really fantastic things to, to uh, have a look around and, and good stuff for the kids to do as well because it's not just about grown-ups. Uh, well, important. The uh, kids are uh, the next generation of boaters coming up and it's important that uh, us at Boat Shows uh, inspire and make uh, getting onto the water really easy and accessible so there are a number of things we do number one is uh, that we're having a, a marina built at the show that's an indoor marina built at the london boat show where you'll be able to get in and out of the boats so that's not just adults that's kids being able to get in and out of boats as well they need to be able to feel and touch and experience gently bobbing about on the water then they can come into our water sports uh, uh, lake and they can have a go at water walking which are giant zorbs uh, they can have a go at canoeing 
but they can always have a go at stand-up paddleboarding as well. And stand-up paddleboarding is one of those uh, one of those sports that's come from nowhere and is gradually on the ascendancy, pretty much like windsurfing was. Um, and we have motorized stand-up paddleboards. We have regular stand-up paddleboards. We have inflatable ones. We have hard ones. We have long ones. We have short ones. And it's all free for kids and grown-ups to have a go. This is one of the joys of the boat show. Pay once, you're in, and you're doing. We'll talk about tickets and run through the amazing amount of different entertainment on the main stage in a few minutes. But first, let's get our first guest on, Olympic silver medalist and now ocean rower Gwyn Batten, who, with four other women, became the first women's crew to row the North Atlantic West to East and... They broke all sorts of speed records as well over the summer. For example, uh, the record for crossing from the USA to UK, land to land, in a time of just over 49 and a half days. Gwyn, what an achievement. Do you still have the blisters? Luckily, they've gone. It wasn't the most attractive thing, having blisters on your hands. You were a crew of five women, so let's have a name check for everyone. So in the crew, we had Mary Sutherland, Alex Holt, Jilly Meyer and Molly Brown, and then, of course, myself, Gwyn Batten. And, and Molly was the youngest woman to row an ocean by the end of it. Absolutely, yeah. Molly, um, Molly was 20 years old, um, and she was amazing, amazing to row a boat with, um, with Molly. And, yeah, she came in as the youngest woman to row an ocean. Now, do you think it was easier for her or tougher for her being the, being the youngest? Great question. I think one of the challenges or my observations, because I'm in my late 40s and to have such a range in ages, um, both Alex and Molly were in their 20s and Jilly and Mary were in their 30s. I, I, I think being younger definitely helps being right on the edge and out there um, in the extreme. And I think it's that robustness to be able to adapt to any situation um, they definitely, definitely, I think, towards the end of the crossing, I think um, they were in a much stronger mental and emotional state than some of the older, older ones like myself. Um, you mentioned you're in your late 40s. It's interesting, isn't it, how um, people are achieving more at an older age these days? Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, to be honest, I think when you start looking at these really long ultra endurance, there's a real benefit to have, having um, a lot of experience in doing stuff. And I think the the actual physical capability and realisation that your body can do so much more than it can, I think, comes with age. So I think there's some benefits, but I also think there's some other bits that make it much tougher um, for older people to get out and do this ultra distance stuff. For myself, I, I found the physical side, apart from when I ended up losing a lot of weight, I found the physical side okay. Um, I found the mental stuff okay. What was interesting for me was the, the emotional side. That, um, as a performance athlete, I hadn't practiced that emotional side quite as much. Three world records in total. Was that always the aim, to go out and break records? Yeah. I mean, our sponsors were, were Rannock Adventure and the guys that make the boats. Um, and their ambition was to get as many records as they could on this very it's not a particularly popular route it's the the original um i guess it's the grandfather route it's the classic route of ocean rowing but it's not as popular as the trade wind routes 
Um, and yeah, our idea was to go out and get as many records as we could. The ultimate record that we were chasing was the actual record, which was first, um, first run in 1896 of 55 days and then broken by Levin and his crew in 2010, which was 43 days. And that was the one record that we didn't actually get, but we're pretty happy with the catalogue of other records that we came in with, um, especially also having the, the fastest female crossing of the North Atlantic route west to east. Um, so yeah, so we're happy. We're happy. Sometimes the wind doesn't always blow for you in the direction you want. Uh, you also got some great footage, which is on your YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have plenty of it when you join us on stage at the XL. Uh, what were your highlights and low points as well? Oh, I think the absolute highlights: the privilege to be out on the ocean and to feel, um, to see it and see the enormity of it. And also the changing nature, you know, we were on deck every two hours and, and then back below two hours later. And to see how quickly the ocean and the environment changes, that was the highlight for me and the privilege to be there. I guess the low points, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it, um, it at the show, but it was... You know, we were out there, we were, we were out in storm force winds, one down from a hurricane, you know, sitting, sitting it out in the cabins, um, with nothing to do other than, you know, worrying about whether or not everything would behave itself as far as our equipment was concerned. And, and that was, you know, that was definitely for me one of our low points. And I guess coming out of it and everyone being okay on the other side was a flip positive. So yeah. Now, you'll be appearing um, as part of our Women of the Sea Day, and as I've researched the projects out there um, involving women, whether it's sailing or rowing, I mean, there are some extraordinary feats that have been undertaken and that are planned. Um, there really are an awful lot of an exciting opportunities, aren't there, for women right now? Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the domain of the domain of the ocean, the domain of adventuring has 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 been very, you know, I'd say male-dominated in many ways. Um, there have been few, some women going out, but not the same, not to the same degree. And I think it's really exciting now for women. I think there's a beginning where hopefully we're starting to get more sponsorship into it. There's that real ambition that women can go out and do it. Um, and there's also the guys, the stories of of those that have gone out over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years um, and been outliers um, in what they've achieving. And now it's becoming more and more normal, um, as much as you can say, yeah. <laughs> going out and rowing an is normal. But, um, you know, it's, I think we're standing on the shoulders of other women that have gone out before and I just want to help every single other woman that wants to go out and do something crazy on the ocean. I want to help them stand on our shoulders as they go forward. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a great mission to have. And looking down the list of guests, um, Ella MacArthur, Dee Kafari, we're going to have um, the ladies from the Magenta Project and the Volvo Ocean Race Sailors. Um, so uh, Saskia Clark, the Olympic, uh, the Olympic champion as well from you know, the, the world of dinghy sailing as well. So um, really plenty of top, top women uh, coming to the show uh, for people to come and meet. Gwyn, it's been brief this time, uh, but I look forward to hearing a lot, lot more about your row across the Atlantic on Sailing Uncovered Live. It's at the London Boat Show in January 2017. Uh, for exact dates and times, please go to the Sailing Uncovered Facebook page or londonboatshow.com, londonboatshow.com. And, um, well... Let's not forget your silver medal from Sydney. Will you bring that along too? 
I'll, I'll definitely, I'll bring that along. I'll have to find it in my sock drawer and bring it out. Right, Mike, tell us more about what will be happening on the main stage. Oh, my word, yes. Um, uh, last year, uh, we ran a theatre, and let me see, who was the host of that theatre? Oh, yeah, it was you! You hosted the theatre, <laughs> and you did such a good job that we've invited you back and given you an even bigger uh, toy box. Um, a full-on uh, production stage, lighting rig, huge screen, big sound system, and four shows going on during the course of the show. Uh, so we have a fashion show, and then we have a uh, question of sailing, which is all new. Um, uh, a panel game uh, where this is, this is where you need to start interviewing me, well, isn't it? <laughs> just tell us, Alec. Uh, I understand that you're hosting a new show at the London Boat Show this year. Can you tell us a bit more about? A question of sailing and how it's going to work. <laughs> Think a question of sport for our British viewers uh, who watch it on BBC One and have done for a number of years. Well, um, think of a sailing version. So we've got some some really big names um, from sailing. Dee Kafari, round the world sailor. Sam Davis, round the world sailor. Vande Globe um, sailor. We've got uh, the team from um, Radio 4's shipping forecast. And we have Olympic champions. None other than Saskia Clark will be there. Um, all on different days. They are the captains on the panel and whilst I've got the mic I'll just keep talking because before that at about 1.15 um, it's Sailing Uncovered live so this podcast will be live on stage with all the top guests that you normally listen to um, on the podcast um, now if you want to get tickets um, Mike tell us about prices how you get them la-di-da londonboatshow.com uh, advance prices £15 in advance, uh, but you can take up to two kids, 15 and under, go free with every adult ticket. And that, um, that's unusual for big events. It is unusual for big events, but um, we are keen to uh, engage with um, younger people to get them boating. Um, you know, uh, boating is in our heritage. We live on an island, after all. The only way we've made contact with the rest of the world is by going boating. So, yes, 15 quid for adults. Kids under 15, two go free with every adult ticket and LondonBoatShow.com. Buy in advance now before you go to the show and then you'll save a bundle of cash instead of just buying on the door. Alternatively, enter our competition, which we'll tell you about in a moment. Um, I've heard something about Titan the Robot. Who's that? What's what's going on with that? The great Titan. Uh, Titan is uh, a, a, a wonderful, fantastic entertainment. Uh, it's kind of a cyborg uh, and it uh, it moves around the show in its own uh, vehicle, but it also walks, sprays water, um, and gently teases and pokes fun at people. It stands probably about thirteen foot tall. I mean, I'm a I'm a not a tall guy myself, but uh, about uh, six foot two. I'm only six foot two myself, and this thing <laughs> in, is <laughs> in, in your dreams. <laughs> it's a, a really good, fun, um, uh, fun interactive uh, experience. Go to LondonBoatShow.com, search for Titan the Robot, and you'll see it there. We had it in Southampton a couple of years ago. Proved great fun. Great for kids and great with adults as well. Looking forward. Right, our next guest was a huge hit last year on stage, so we just had to have him back. Here's a clue who it is. There are warnings of gales in White, Portland, Plymouth, Biscay, Fitzroy, Seoul, Lundy, Fastnet, Irish Sea, Shannon, Malin, Hebrides, Bailey, Ferrar, Faroes and South East Iceland. And before anyone panics, that's not today's shipping forecast, 
But it is Zeb Sones, announcer of the shipping forecast on BBC Radio 4. Zeb, thank you very much for joining us. It was a huge hit listening to you read from the stage last year at the Boat Show. Now, we've got listeners all around the world, so... British listeners will instantly have recognised your voice and know exactly what it is you are reading. But for those who are in other parts of the world, tell us in a nutshell, what is the shipping forecast? It's a forecast of the waters around the British Isles. And in fact, many countries have their own shipping forecast. Uh, The sea areas are divided up into 31 locations with very bizarre sounding names. Some of them relate to obvious things like places that we know. Other names relate to things like sandbanks or lighthouses. Um, And it's very popular with people who've never sailed in their lives because it has this poetical, um, almost hypnotic quality. So that's why it's become a, a bit of a cult thing outside of the sailing world. You talk about the hypnotic effect of it, um, especially when you're reading it, um, because there are set times, aren't there, when when you can tune in to listen to this through the day. But there is a late night one, um, is it just before 11? Uh, 12 minutes to 1. 12 minutes to 1. To 1 o'clock. So lots of people are in bed with their cocoa and, you know, it's. I I put people to sleep. I'm basically a tranquilizer, I think. (laughs) Um, But why do you think it, it has really... Um, such a part in in British life? I think many reasons. I think it reminds us that we're an island nation uh, and it it kind of drags up all those historical things of uh, proud seafaring past, the Armada. I mean, all these things which are very much kind of in the DNA of the British, whether they're aware of it or not. There's something about the shipping forecast that just transports people when they're at home in bed listening to it to this extraordinary kind of seascape of the imagination and they they're safely tucked up at home but they're hearing about waves crashing against rock or um, storms at sea and there's something very powerfully romantic about the idea of somebody being out there um, in a very dangerous situation um, and kind of offering almost a silent prayer I think to those people who are in in those stormy waters. And the delivery, of course, is very important. And you do have an amazing voice. Um, is, is, is the shipping forecast available on a, on a podcast these days? Uh, I've no doubt. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone somewhere who records every single one and makes it available online. I'm not aware. I don't think we do that. But it, it does go out on Longwave, uh, which obviously has a very far reach. Um, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's there for people who want it. There's certainly a Twitter feed not provided by us. Um, so uh, that's available all around the world. Oh, wow. We'll have to look into that. Um, h- how did you get into it? How did you uh, become a reader of the shipping forecast? It's, just, it's part of the job as a Radio 4 announcer. Uh, I'd wanted to work, for, I'd listened to the shipping forecast since being a child. My grandparents' family were all fishermen going back generations, and we always had it on at home because I was brought up in Lowestoft, um, which is a, a fishing town. And so it's very much part of the, the heritage and the community there. Uh, never dreamt that I would start reading it. And the first time I did read it, my knee was trembling under the desk because, because I'd listened to it since I was a child, but also because it's, it's true public service broadcasting in that you know that these words that are leaving your mouth have vital importance to people who need them. Um, so there's this tremendous feeling of responsibility. It's still one of the favourite things that I do because it, it does have that connection with where I'm from. And I really do know the people that, that are listening to it. Now, you have a very calm delivery. Um, 
but I imagine it's not always that calm behind the scenes. Does it ever get hairy? It used to. The shipping forecast used to, now it's emailed to us, but it used to come in on a little thermal printer which would trundle away behind me in the studio whilst I was introducing other programmes. Uh, and what, okay, like a fax? Yeah, like, like a fax. And it would uh, sometimes run out of paper just minutes before you needed to read it. So you'd have to quickly play something, get on the phone to the Met Office and get them to send it again. Uh, and the paper was incredibly thin. So we kept cornflake packets in the studio and paper clips just for the purpose of the shipping forecast. We would tear it into sections with a ruler, paper clip it to the back of cornflake packets. And that's the way it was read for years. Very, very kind of Heath Robinson um, and, uh, and very kind of old BBC. Uh, but yes, that, those were hairy moments when suddenly you realised that you only had half the forecast. You'll be on our Sailing Uncovered show on, on, on the London Boat Show stage in January. Um, but you're also going to join us, and this is very exciting, for our brand new show, A Question of Sailing. A sort of panel quiz show all about, well, sailing. Um, and you're going to be one of the team captains. Uh, yes, it's three o'clock on the second Sunday. That's the 15th of January. Uh, now, you know, I can answer questions on, on the weather, but I am not a sailing expert, so I'm very much looking for other people to take part on the panel. And uh, this is uh, where you come in, listeners, um, because we're going to run a competition. You can win uh, tickets not just to the show, but the right to take part uh, in a question of sailing. And you could find yourself sitting beside Zeb on stage answering questions on sailing. And who knows, maybe we might even get you to read the shipping forecast. Well, I can take a day off. That would be marvellous. <laughs> so to win that right, plus the two tickets to get into the show, all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast. It couldn't be easier. Or if you're listening on podbean.com, then click on the follow tab. It's effectively all the same thing. So either subscribe to us or follow us on podbean.com. And we'll be in touch if you are the winner. Zeb, thank you so much. Um, you have a very busy Christmas of public service broadcasting. Uh, this is actually the first Christmas Day in about nine years that I'm not working, so I'll be back in Suffolk with the family. Uh, I bet you won't know what to do with yourself. And, and will you be tuning in to Radio 4 to, to listen to the Queen's speech? Sp <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, no, that's a tradition I wouldn't miss. I look forward to seeing you that uh, second Sunday of uh, the London Boat Show in January, Zeb. Me Thanks too, very on much. On the 15th. Thanks, Alec. And because we just can't give away enough stuff on this show, another ticket competition, Mike. Ooh, yes, indeed. We are giving away four tickets via our Facebook page. And our Facebook page is at London Boat Show. Now, we have posted uh, a photograph of the stage on our timeline uh, of last year's stage. And all you need to do is like and share it. Uh, and then uh, during the course of next week, we will randomly find someone who's liked and shared that and then award them the four tickets. That's four tickets for you. Simply like and share uh, our Facebook page of our photograph of last year's stage at London Boat Show. And one day, someone will explain to me what the devil that all means. <laughs> final, final question to you, Mike. Um, sum it all up. Where is it and when is it? Uh, it is the 6th to the 15th of January 2017 at the Excel Centre in London. Look forward to it. That is it for this edition of Sailing Uncovered. Uh, we're going to take a break because we're busy with our live show, uh, but we'll be bringing you little snippets from...
from the London Boat Show and our very special guests like Ellen MacArthur, like Dika Fari, like Sam Davis and Saskia Clark. Um, they'll all be there and we'll be bringing you little snippets of that and some Facebook Live shows as well throughout January. So join us for that. Thanks for listening. Thank you.